and welcome to this episode of Vet Chat. Um, before we get started with today's guest, um, it's important to note that the topic of today's podcast is pregnancy and baby loss, which can be a very sensitive and difficult um, subject for some people. So if you feel that you are not in a good place to listen to this conversation, we would encourage you to take care of yourself and to skip this episode. So today we are joined by Nat Scrooge, a small animal vet and passionate advocate for well-being in the veterinary profession. Nat is the co-founder of VetMinds, a group dedicated to providing support, friendship and understanding to veterinary professionals who've experienced pregnancy and baby loss. Through her own personal experience and her work with VetMinds, Nat has become an important voice in breaking down the silence around baby loss and promoting positive change in the veterinary profession. So welcome Nat, thank you for being here today to share your experiences with me. Thank you so much for having me on um, and for helping to start that conversation in the veterinary profession, it's such an important thing, so yeah, thank you to you guys. <laughs> Problem. So should we start, do you want to tell us a little bit about your um, journey trying to have a baby? Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, I guess one element of my story that I've not spoken about a huge amount before um, is that actually, so my pregnancy loss was from an unplanned pregnancy. Um, so I was in a stable relationship. We were financially stable. We both knew that we wanted to have children, um, but our pregnancy was was a shock. It was it was unplanned. Um, so it's something that we mm-hmm. talked about a lot and we uh, <laughs> drawing up lots of tables of pros and cons Um and it was a very considered decision to go ahead with it. We even went to a family planning clinic to talk it through. Um, mm. And I think, yeah, that's sort of one element that I guess hasn't often come up before. Um, and I was pretty young, I think I was 28. I was very fit. I was training for London Marathon. Um, and the pregnancy happened, I guess, by mistake. So whilst I was aware of the figure of one in four pregnancies ending in loss, it didn't cross my mind that that figure particularly occurred to me because I just felt like I didn't I was young I was fit and it had happened against the odds anyway so um yeah. yeah I think we hear these statistics but we often feel like um like it's not going to happen to us um and then it did um and it was it was an early pregnancy loss around about nine week nine weeks um and it affected me though than I could possibly have imagined I think um with it being an unplanned pregnancy in the first place um, and a pregnancy that we thought really carefully about whether we wanted to progress with. I think prior to being pregnant or going through something like that, I might have thought that I would, um, I don't know, be quite accepting of that. And maybe with our vet backgrounds, uh, we sort of feel like we know the circle of life and we know these things happen. But um, but yeah, it hit me like an absolute ton of bricks. Um and I think that's something that maybe I felt guilty about how much it affected me almost. Because like, I think you sort of feel because people know that early pregnancy is a risky stage that maybe you shouldn't get carried away. And so if it really hits you that that maybe you I don't know, you got carried away or, or something like that. But the reality is when you make the choice to try for a baby or you're pregnant and you decide to continue with that pregnancy, it's an absolutely enormous decision that you have to think through really carefully. And when you do that, you commit to every stage of that pregnancy from the changes in your body to going through childbirth, to having a baby, to having that 
child as an, an adult um mm. and so when you lose that whatever stage in the fertility journey you're on you can't help but grieve every single stage of that no matter how early that loss is um or whether it's infertility rather than loss so um yeah so it was it was awful and it was unexpected mm. um it wasn't handled very well when I returned back to work um and sort of without being asked my boss had told colleagues in the practice that I'd had my appendix out so when I went back into work people obviously had no idea so every time I it felt like every time I walked around a corner there'd be someone else going oh hi now you're feeling better um, and of course mm-hmm. I wasn't because it wasn't that kind of thing um so I found that yeah, really really difficult um and had you um had you told many people early on in your pregnancy when you found that you were pregnant or had you kept it quite in quite a small group of people we kept it in quite a small group of people um I guess partly because it wasn't planned but also there's that 12 week thing which now I feel really differently about um yeah we hadn't told our families um so the first sort of mention of that was having to ring them up and tell them that we'd lost a baby that they didn't even know existed um and for us it was so I was actually training for the London Marathon when this happened um and my loss was um, I think it was a couple of days before and because I was very as I took a lot of advice from some sports medicine consultants um, because I was very fit and I was already a long way through my training the advice I was given was that I was probably okay to run it but massively slowly so I was planning on going ahead because I was very fit but sort of doing it maybe seven hours or something but I'd been um, I'd been publicly fundraising for the guide dogs and I'd raised um, over two thousand pounds so when I obviously couldn't run the London Marathon and so I had to tell people why so that added this element um that was really challenging so yeah the pregnancy I guess was was wrapped up in that kind of anxiety and and we hadn't I hadn't told people that because I thought that people around me would be very worried about me running Mm -hmm. Um, and I didn't want to give them that anxiety so we planned to tell people after I'd completed it and obviously we didn't get that chance um mm. so yeah that was wow, a must have been such such an awful experience and thing to have to go through yeah it was really frightening yeah you um you, you said you touched upon the fact that you feel differently now about the 12 week thing yeah I do it's um I do I guess I should preface that by saying I think that it's whatever's right for an individual mm-hmm. person um yeah. I think from my own experiences now, I would be inclined, anyone that I would want, that I feel would be there to support me if we had a loss, I would probably tell straight away so that you've got that support network there. Mm -hmm. um, And so that people can support you with any anxieties that you have in an early pregnancy. Um, But it is a bit of a, it's a bit of a thing, isn't it? The 12 week thing. And I think... Um, it's something that everyone seems to have an opinion on as well and so I think there are some people that feel like people shouldn't talk about it before then and so there's this real kind of stigma I think about talking about even early pregnancy and and the reason that people give that is oh well I didn't want to to say anything in case something happened and just that phrase of itself subconsciously implies the stigma that or don't tell anyone in case it happened because then you'd have to tell them which implies Mm -hmm. that actually 
baby loss is something that we shouldn't be talking about and and it's just a little phrase that people say all the time and I guess I must have said it before probably um but I think those are the little things that contribute to the huge stigma that there is around um around baby loss Mm, absolutely um what advice would you give to other mums who are dealing with baby loss you know something like something similar to what you went through I think if I could sum it up in one word, it would maybe be like allow. And mm. I think allowing yourself to do whatever it is that you need to do and to feel whatever it is that you need to feel, whether that's taking as much time off work as you need or time away from socialising or even time before you feel ready to try again. Um, mm. But yeah, I think a big one, allowing yourself to have whatever feelings you have. And I was really I think I was I guess maybe shocked by the magnitude of feelings that I did have um and by how long they lasted and uh, you, you can end up feeling a lot of kind of secondary emotions about the emotions that you feel um and wondering whether those emotions are valid whether you should feel that way um and feeling guilty for feeling feeling the way that you do and actually it doesn't really matter what it doesn't matter what stage of pregnancy you're at it doesn't matter if you already have another child um everything that you feel is valid and it's okay to allow yourself that and allow yourself to put the boundaries in place that that allow you to to do what you need to do um so yeah i think just just being really allowing of of that experience um Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I think that would be my advice that's really good advice um how did you sort of handle it once you told people did you did you get any sort of uncomfortable questions or comments from people or how was it um so I think I'm really lucky I would say mostly my experience of very gradually being more and more open about it um the response was more and more positive and more and more supportive. I also realised that like when it happened, I felt really alone and I felt like I didn't know anyone really that had been through it. And um, yeah, I felt really lonely in that. And it's one of those funny things when you start talking about it. Now, I feel like I, I hardly know someone that hasn't been through it or someone extremely mm-hmm. close to them because and it, it is really, really common. Um, so that was very very helpful um so yeah the more I talked about it the more the more support support I received in general the comments um were really really positive you always get the odd um the odd reply maybe that isn't what you hoped I think because I was lucky enough to have so much support and such positive reaction to me sharing my story openly particularly in the veterinary space I I guess maybe that gave me a resilience for the times when it wasn't received so well or people were people's comments were maybe a little bit insensitive um Mm -hmm. because I was aware that that probably reflected something about where they are in in their life and maybe they don't have the understanding or skills or emotional maturity to be comfortable with that level of discomfort and for that to be okay so I think it is something I would encourage people to be open if they feel like they're able to but you also kind of have to be aware that you can't control other people's reactions. Um, 
and sometimes they might not be what you hope for um but most of the time that's because people don't know what to say or they don't know a huge amount about it and and they're uncomfortable with kind of other people's discomfort I think generally we want everyone around us to be happy and okay and sometimes some people are really good when other people are distressed and and other people don't know how to handle that and that's generally more about them and where they're at than than you yeah absolutely and I guess in a lot of cases people because there's not much awareness around it people possibly just genuinely don't know what to say for the best as well yeah absolutely and I think when you talk to people about that I think sometimes people feel it's better not to say anything than to say the wrong thing um and I think a lot of the time when people actually like don't say something it comes from a really kind place because they're really if they don't know what to say they're they're really really worried about it um but generally just saying just saying anything um shows that you're supporting the person and you're acknowledging that um but but yeah I mean they're difficult conversations and Mm. you don't have to you know, you have to be in a place yourself where you feel resilient enough to be able to have those and there's no pressure for someone to talk about this kind of stuff if they're not ready to or they don't want to and it's not mm-hmm. right for them. Yeah. And were you in um, practice at the time when all this happened? Yeah, yeah, I was in um, small animal general practice working, uh, yeah, full-time as a, as a GP vet. Mm-hmm. And how, how was it? in work did you feel like you could have the open conversations with your team um so initially not because when I returned to work without kind of asking me the management team had told people that um that I'd had my appendix out and so the way that people responded to me they obviously didn't know that I'd been through something difficult and their expectations Mm. were that I was better and that I should be bright and jolly um I guess I don't think if I had been asked I'm not sure I would have known maybe at the time what I wanted them to have said but I don't know really I don't know what I would have thought at the time but that certainly it was unexpected and it meant there was this kind of pretense already um, and I didn't deal with that very well at all and so I when I went back to work I probably went back a bit soon maybe I should have taken a bit more time off but I very much wasn't myself and nobody Mm -hmm. knew that I'd been through something difficult so my colleagues around me didn't respond very well um and in the end I actually ended up having a disciplinary because people would make complaints about me because I was normally a very um like positive jolly person and I was obviously quite different um and nobody knew Mm -hmm. why and so people complained that I was being very negative and grumpy and difficult to work with um so rather than being met with support I was met with kind of disciplinary proceedings which was quite difficult and at that point I realized that actually what had gone wrong was that I needed to be open so I actually sent a blanket I just sent a message around the entire team and I told them what had happened and I apologized for not being myself um Mm -hmm. but I think that situation could have been avoided if I'd had slightly better support and I'd maybe been involved in the decision making about like how I wanted it to be handled when I returned to work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then um, Vet Minds, tell us a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, so Vet Minds is a, um, I guess it basically exists as a, as a closed Facebook group, but it's kind of a small organisation, I would guess. So it stands for Miscarriage, Infertility, Neonatal Death and Stillbirth. Um, and it's a closed Facebook group for anyone in the veterinary profession 
who is facing those sorts of issues. Um, and it started, I shared my story on one of the big veterinary Facebook groups. I think it was Vets Stay Go Diversify. Um, and I just wrote a little bit about my story. And I, I, to my knowledge, I think it was one of the first times that someone had sort of done that in the veterinary space. Um, and the response was absolutely amazing. There were hundreds of comments with support and other people sharing their stories it just started this conversation that we felt needed to continue and for that that space was so amazing kind of within those comments that we felt that we needed to grow that so it happened quite organically Mm -hmm. kind of almost through the comments people suggesting um that we start a group um so I co-founded that group um and I think now we have I think nearly 800 members um from people in the veterinary profession that have suffered with baby loss or infertility um and it's basically a safe space to share your experience what you're going through ask for questions ask questions ask for support from people that understand the slightly specific challenges maybe of facing these sorts of things in the veterinary profession um with the work that we do and the types of cases that we deal with um and yeah, it's a really amazing place. So that's kind of the primary objective. And then also we aim to to raise awareness and do things like this to just continue that conversation. Um, we're active during Baby Loss Awareness Week in October. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, it's kind of grown, grown from that really. So that's certainly mm-hmm. somewhere that I would encourage people to check out if they are facing these sorts of issues and they're looking for some support um that exists for for Mm -hmm. veterinary professionals um not just in the uk but across the world amazing that's brilliant i was going to ask you know is there anywhere that um you would suggest people go you know if they wanted some support online um or in person you know when dealing with any sort of fertility struggles so that's brilliant that there's there that they can go to yeah, and just on that, like the Miscarriage Association is absolutely brilliant and their website is full of really good resources, um, particularly, obviously, for people going through it themselves, but particularly for supporting others. And they've got an amazing section on um, miscarriage in the workplace with a lot of advice for um, like managers and on workplace policy and stuff like that, which I think is really, really helpful to signpost people who might be supporting um, a colleague or an employee or a friend going through something similar as well. Brilliant. Oh, that's great. We'll have to get all the links and we can pop it on our blog so people can find all the information in one place. Bab, and then what was it like going through another pregnancy after your loss? Um, so I always imagined that I would feel really, really anxious having another pregnancy um mm-hmm. I didn't actually end up feeling quite as anxious as I thought so after our loss because it wasn't planned um we didn't feel that we were in a position to try again which I think is one of the reasons why I found it so difficult because I wasn't able to kind of put that to bed and say okay well you know it doesn't mean that we can't have a child let's try again I wasn't able to do that for some time so I think Maybe if I had done, I would have been more anxious, but actually I was just really glad to be somewhere on that that journey, kind of whatever happened, I guess. And it was in lockdown as well, so um, I think that changed things. But I think one thing I did find quite difficult is it's a very, it's a kind of a strange space to be, because by that point I was heavily involved with the, I guess, the baby loss community. Um, I found being mm-hmm. pregnant quite challenging, because I think I felt 
I was doing sort of things like this um, and I was pregnant and I didn't really know how to handle that because um, it was still something that was really important to me. And I know that when I was going through that, I found people being pregnant or people who had babies like really triggering and quite difficult. So I think I found that element of it quite difficult, just managing my own feelings about that and whether I should be feeling guilty, whether I should be feeling happy. So I think that was a, a tricky yeah. thing. Um, and it does put you in this slightly strange place. Pregnancy after loss, you're not quite the same as someone who's another friend who's pregnant who hasn't had a loss. And But you're not kind of in the support camp of the baby loss stuff because you're kind of in this in-between place. So I think um, I was lucky enough to have a few, because I had been open about it, I was lucky enough to have a few friends that were also in the same position um, and we were able mm-hmm. to talk about that together because if you just have friends who are pregnant and they've not had a loss, it, you don't want to talk to pregnant people about losses. It's kind of, um, I don't know, it's not really the done thing, is it, to talk about things that can go wrong. So, yeah, it, it's a really tricky, it's a really tricky time. I think people deal with it differently, but I definitely um, encourage people to try and find um, people who understand that kind of specific stage that could offer you some support. Yeah, Brilliant. Um, we're almost out of time already. <laughs> that twenty minutes has flew by. Um, but just to finish, um, what would you say? Any words of encouragement or you know comfort to a mum who's going through a tough time and they're trying to conceive or dealing with a pregnancy loss? Have you got any advice for them? Um, I guess to answer that as a question of what would I say to another mum who's going through that. Um, I think we've already talked about kind of advice on that sort of stuff so what I would probably actually say was I would say how sorry I was and I'd ask them how they were feeling and what I could do to support them Um, because I think that's probably what people need in that in that moment. That's great thank you Nat thanks so much and um, again just to close I just want to say thanks so much for joining us I know it's it takes a lot of courage and vulnerability to share your story on such a difficult topic. So thank you so much. I'm sure that lots of people listening um, will really have enjoyed it and it will have shed a lot of light on an issue that affects so many families. You know, one in four is, is so, so common. So thank you very much um, for talking to us and I really hope that the webinar vet can do more in the future to help you if you ever need it. Thanks thank you. Thanks a lot.